and welcome to Watch What Crappens, the soothing sounds of all that crap we love to talk about on Ye Olde Bravs. I'm Ronnie, that's Ben over there. Happy! Hi, Ronnie. Those soothing sounds were beautiful. Ben said, hi, Ronnie, those soothing sounds were beautiful, but he did not add himself to the video, so you guys didn't hear well, that part. But there well, because you soothed me. You over-soothed me. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show today. It's another Crappens on Dem- Demand. It's a Crappens on Demand video that you can catch on Patreon. Because, you know, what's the point of doing Heather Gayface if you can't do Heather Gayface? Um, so thanks for everybody for joining us on video. If you want to, go to patreon.com slash watch what crappens. It's also where you'll get bonus episodes. This week is a big preview of something. A lot came out of BravoCon, so we'll be doing that. Also, Take a Seat is our live show on Spotify Live. Go over there every Monday night, 7 p.m. Pacific. Okay, and we'll see you over there. Today, though, very big day. Salt Lake City. Looks like bad weather is over. It looks like it's over, people. There's the, the This is the end of weather. The weather, there's no more weather in the world because they're done. <laughs> because one part of the weather is on a healing journey right now because yes. of the abuse that I went through. Yeah, it's um, a crazy episode of Salt Lake City. Should we just get right into it? Is there anything that you wanted to discuss first? I'm going to open a Topo Chico to celebrate this <laughs> I fine think you should. day. I think you should to celebrate Mexican dynasties, which is no longer with us. Wasn't the lady from there? Say you got me all excited. What? No, sorry. Wasn't the Soda Dynasty uh, widow of Topo Chico from that show? Either way, I think so. Or I could be spreading misinformation. Wonderful, delicious misinformation. Um, Yeah, this episode of Salt Lake City was crazy. I mean, um, Whitney really really is reaching uh at BravoCon, heather said at a at a panel that whitney is the one who reaches the most and this episode i think is the full proof of that the fact that this friendship is going to be thrown out the window because heather is not co-signing salacious gossip that she's that she didn't overhear at a jazz game i mean this is this is next level. Uh, and Whitney just blatantly lied and said that Meredith told her that Lisa was sleeping with people. To, was it the sleeping pe- sleeping with people for jazz tickets? When Meredith didn't say that, she said she and her Lisa is doing favors to get Vita tequila in the restaurant. Whitney heard that uh, rumor from Angie Harrington at the jazz game. She said Angie told them and Heather said last week, Heather said she didn't hear Angie say that. And then Whitney was like, you did hear it. But then Heather was like, no, because I was sitting with Angie and you were two rows back. So there's a lot of confusion about this. But then Whitney said, no, because then we were going, we were all walking together to take shots by the jazz. And then that's when she said it. She's like, I still didn't hear it. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? And then Angie, and by the way, I believe it. I don't believe that Heather heard it necessarily, but I believe Angie said it 100%. I believe Angie said it. Yeah, yes. Angie's like, Angie is An- like, we'll see Angie more this season, you know, but I remember Angie. Angie's going to come in here and just throw shit at the wall, and I can't wait. Yeah. But Angie probably said it, and then on Twitter said, um, Wow, Whitney, thanks for being such a good friend. I feel very betrayed or something. Why would you say that? And Whitney just wrote back, Because you lied. <laughs> have you Whitney noticed Whitney is, does this thing now where she tries to make an angry face but only her nose kind of scrunches and then twitches yeah. a little and then she just keeps her mouth open and her about to say, curled like her she's mouth making is a, a point yeah. <laughs> you lied so you did, you died, you lied and then Whitney's response Angie was like, she responded something and Whitney said, and this is not the week to come after me I guess because she was putting her you know, possible re- memories of you know, bad yes. things that happened or whatever on there. And I'm like, okay, but you can't say stuff about people on national TV and then say they can't come after you one week. You know, it's just, yeah, uh, you can't do that. Okay? I mean, this is kind of that. like a, a marriage ending rumor. It's a rumor that, that could, you know, affect the kids and everything. And then be like, don't come after me. 
Um, I'm also confused. Uh, this is genuine confusion. This is snarky confusion. Uh, I'm, I need like some clarity on the Whitney storyline. Is Whitney is Whitney in therapy right now, or like going through this treatment where she's recovering uh, suppressed memories, or is this her brother is and her brother is telling her, and then she's reacting to that? Like I'm, I'm like genuinely, um, I genuinely want to know because it's confusing. It, it's confusing and. It feels actually almost a little reckless if she's not in therapy and doing this work with a professional. If she, if he's saying this stuff, and then she is um, now being like, "I'm starting to remember," or this feels vaguely right, or whatever. It feels like this should be happening with uh, maybe someone who is trained to handle big, heavy emotions that are coming out, or whatever. So it feels. This whole thing going she's on with Whitney on feels a, a little journey, and he's on a healing journey, but <laughs> a lot doing of healing. It in different places, and her healing journey has not come up with this yet. From what the show has told us, only what the because I went back and watched to kind of because I was the same as you. I was like, what? So I went back and watched that scene, and she was saying her brother had the memory that she was abused. I don't know that she has had it yet or if it sparked a memory. I'm not really sure what it is. It feels really gross and icky to even talk about it and to like be detectiving it, you know? Yeah, it feels whatever. weird to question it because, it, yeah. That's what we've been given, you know? Like, what can I say? But, you know, either way, obviously best to you and everything but the way that they're setting this up is is they're it's they're making it sound like their dad did this right because right that who else do they have in common well i mean it's utah mormons so probably have- a lot of people but it sounds like they're saying my dad had them then he left their family then came to our family and i hadn't seen them so it sounds like their connection would just be their dad so it sounds like she's doing that or she's saying that about her dad so that's a pretty big thing. And if it's not your dad, everyone thinks it's your dad. So there needs yeah. to start being some kind of clarity soon if you're going to make this your main storyline. Because otherwise, you know, like you said, it's it's a little, like, reckless. And maybe she's it's trying confusing. to not be reckless by not naming names. But then it makes people, and I'm sure people in their real lives, name names more, you know? I just think it's reckless for her emotionally. That's what I'm saying. That I, I don't under, And it also feels... To me, it feels strange that she is using this a lot to say, like everything that she seems to be reacting to in this episode, she keeps on going back to, I am finding out that I was abused. I've been abused. This is coming from abuse. And the the only, I don't, my my thing that I am, uh, I'm not questioning. The thing that is concerning me is that she's saying this stuff, but if like I, but I, I want her to like be in treatment <laughs> also, yeah. you know, like she's, it's like her brother's, her brother's going through something and, and now it's sparking something. And now she's using that spark to explain a lot of actions that she is partaking in, uh, which may all be well and fine. But, um, I also want her to like channel this. It feels like she's not channeling it in the proper way. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Well, that's reality on. TV for you. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? sometimes it's a, you're it's just a, like, "What are you doing? Why is this on TV? What are you doing to yourself?" You know, it's like, "Well, it's reality TV." And then they come back later, and they're like, "Look what we gave you." It's like, well, "Yeah, okay, I, I don't really understand." Which is why I'm not on it. Okay. Um. So. Anyway, so that we start with this fight from last week. They're all dressed in lingerie for the garbage whore party. Yeah. <laughs> they're on this little table, and what are those? circular walls you know behind them with the venetian blinds and um whitney's like angie told us and you were there and heather's like i did not hear it and fuck you for calling me a liar and she's (laughs) screaming and standing up now that whitney stands up and she's like but you called me a liar but you did lie we all heard you lie so that liar was just descriptive heather's like fuck you fuck me I love to be fucked. So then Heather's like, tonight was supposed to be hot girls in lingerie gnawing away at hunks of meat. And then Whitney decided to unload all of these rumors about Lisa giving blowies for basketball seats. And now she's dragged me into it. And I'm a liar in lingerie 
without a steak to be found. And then it cuts to the steaks on the grill. And it says, in memoriam, Arizona Steaks 2022 to 2022, which I'm glad they did that because we had one listener who said, was anyone concerned about the fact that they went out there to make steaks and never never pulled the steaks back, never ate the steaks? The steaks were just out there on the grill. It was like we got a little bit of resolution about what happened to those steaks. They died. So Jen has – I mean Heather has walked off all pissed and her walk off – basically every time she walks off, she just walks up to the mirror and starts like looking at her makeup. <laughs> and so that's what she's doing now. So Jen follows her and she's like, Oh my God, is everything okay? <laughs> and yeah. Heather's like, you know, I mean, she's out there lying about Lisa giving blowjobs for jazz tickets. So the cameras get that again. I just want to make sure we all understand <laughs> blow jobs, Lisa bar blow for tickets. Okay. And she doesn't even know what she's saying. And then we go back to Whitney crying. Now she's like, eh. Where Heather didn't know what I was going through because all I do is sit there and listen to her shit and she never even ah, asked me ah, how I was doing and this goes straight to my abuse like everyone uses me for what they want ah. everyone abuses me well I can't even spread a rumor about blowjobs or jazz tickets without being abused so yeah. then <laughs> interesting jump you're making there, Whitney. This so, is where I'm like, you're you're putting a lot on something that you've heard about from your brother. I'm not not questioning the abuse. I'm just saying, like, I before she starts like focus it. Like, yeah, go I'm to not therapy. saying go that. To I'm just saying, like, you can't you can't call Heather an abuse. You know what you I know mean? It's, it's like it's, it's like she's drawing somebody else to abusing a child is really. She's Not making good. psychological um, inferences, and she's she's like saying, "Oh, well, this all traces back to the abuse I went through." But I'm like, it, "But I want her to be before you start mi- dr- connecting these dots in a way like I want her to go into therapy." But if she's in therapy, then great. I'm just saying. This is reading really. Well, she's doing weird something. Slash kind of so she's black. like, I'm just saying, if you're mad at somebody, you can't say this is like my abusers. Like that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, this know? is not the time to that's be. That's all like, I'm saying. Connect. So this is Whit- not the time to connect to like your horrific childhood. So Whitney's like, I'm starting to realize because of the abuse I suffered as a kid, I never learned to stand up for myself or set boundaries, and now I am able to hold a boundary. Other people struggle with it because they're seeing me show up in a way that they weren't expecting. Okay, good for you. I'm glad you're learning yes. that. That's not yes. what people are reacting to. <laughs> people are reacting to you, accusing them of shit, and then calling them a liar. Okay, that's what they're reacting to. Yeah, you can't accuse your friend who is married of uh, trading blowjobs for the jazz, and then when you ask another friend friend to cosign, and they don't, they say, "I can't cosign that." You can't say this is a this is just like all the abusers of her childhood, <laughs> and like this is like you know, since you've been abused, she's taking advantage of the, the person that you are. It's, I don't know. It's a stretch. So it's, Meredith it's is like, you're going through a lot of stuff with me. A lot of stuff. It's almost like someone said something horrible about. Your top. <laughs> and Whitney's like, I'm just done eating everyone's shit. And still, you don't realize you left the steaks out on the ground. <laughs> I know. You don't have to eat shit. There's steaks. <laughs> There's beautiful steaks that you guys heavily, heavily coated in garlic and, and herbs and left on the grill. Come on. They're full of flavor. So Heather's so, like, I, Heather's okay. like, I will not own that shit. That never happened. I will not do that. And then Whitney does more. I'm really hurt by Heather. She's the person who knows me the best, who I'm closest to, who I expect to be there in my darkest hour. I'm starting to realize that maybe Heather doesn't give a shit about me. So then Heather is just like, I will not own shit I didn't do. She just stops, like looks in the mirror and calmly like does her (laughs) eyebrows. And Whitney is now slamming tongs on the table to make a point. And she's like, I am done. Being a don. Were you the head of a mafia? What a con! Did you steal money from people? A fun. Are you a baby deer now? A pawn. God, finally you got that. Yeah, one of those one of those ducks that's really pretty that swims. I have a ballet about them. God, I was someone that's used. You know, a pawn store used thing. I'm not a pawn. 
I would never want to watch Wheel of Fortune with you. <laughs> so uh, Heather is like, I have never fought with Whitney like this ever. We've had big disagreements, but she's never looked at me and called me a liar ever. That's a pretty big accusation about a stupid thing. And so Heather and Jen return to the table, and Heather's like, do not call me a fucking liar. She goes, you called me a liar first. And she goes, no, I didn't. I never called you a liar. She goes, you were there, Heather. Which, you know, lost that point, so just start screaming that again. So Heather now stands up and yells right back at her, and she goes, you are too drunk right now to be cognizant of what's happening. Okay? Better be real. And if you need more validity, find more facts. And when he goes, the fact is Angie. Let's call Angie because Angie told you and I. And he goes, well, I don't care who Lisa fucked. I don't care who Meredith fucked. I don't care who you fucked, who Jen's fucked. I don't care. I want to come together to support our friend who is facing, I'm sorry, Jen, 50 years, the rest of her life. All she will, all she will know are bars. When she goes to Omar's graduation, she will go no further than the bars in front of her face. I'm sorry, Jen, is this too real for you? I don't care who anyone's fucked. We're supposed to come together and support our friend who has fucked tons of helpless and now bankrupt elderly people. That is what we were here for. And then the horror music is like, ding, 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 ding. And she's like, I'm sorry, 50 years in prison? And guess what this has become about? Is it about Jen becoming old and dying in prison? No. Is it about Jen probably having to go on hunger strike and kill herself in prison because she's never going to see her children again? No. Is it about Jen having to wear orange, her least favorite color, for possibly the rest of her life? No. Jen's like, Ooh. um, so uh she goes, the purpose of this trip is to is is to it's to help her. Okay, so get focused and realize what this trip is. I like that. Get focused. Everyone, let's get focused, okay? Yeah. It's time to celebrate Jen. So and when he goes like, no, you get focused because you were fucking loaded that night, Heather, and I'm a fawn. <laughs> I like that Whitney's defense was that. Heather was wasted the night that she heard the rumor, but then she's saying, like, I can't, be- like, you're lying. You you should remember that rumor. It's like, you just said she was wasted. <laughs> wasted. And ah. you're wasted right now, but we're supposed to take you seriously. So yeah. Whitney's like, well, Angie said it. And then Whitney comes up pointing her finger in Heather's face like they're going to go at it. And then uh, Heather grabs her arm and flings it over her and pushes under her so she can pass. And uh, I'm interested to see the reactions to this. You know, like housewives violence. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Heather oh, pushed. Heather. Yeah, totally team Heather. Heather pushed Whitney aside like she was walking through a curtain to get to a back room or something. It was like, it was just so easy like and so curtain. swift. It was like, yeah. <laughs> it was like she's going to a fortune teller's place. She's like a mad lady at an incense <laughs> shop. I, I know. Or she was like opening up a dressing room. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just so fast and effortless. And so she's like, then Heather, Fuck you! Yeah, she turns back and she yells, You just lost me for fucking ever. You lost me forever. And that was the biggest mistake of your life. And she goes, He did not lose me forever, Heather. She goes, No, you, you lost me forever. <laughs> Heather, this isn't, I don't, I haven't found anything. And if I found it, I would give it back to you. No! <laughs> How do I lose you? You're right here. Should you, I didn't lose you. No, Whitney. it was an emotional loss of a friendship. <sighs> oh, Whitney. So frustrating. So Heather's like, bitch, don't. She's telling us, don't come for me, bitch. Like, for the first time ever, I'm forging a relationship with Lisa. And the last thing I want to do is just like <gasps> lie. Like, I, why would I do that? And then she stops and she looks at herself in the mirror and starts primping again. I just love her getting so enraged and then completely dropping it to be like, hmm, my mascara, yep, still looks good. Still looks good. <laughs> so then I thought Lisa was asleep at this point, but she's still kind of like walking around in her pajamas and Jen's walking with her. And again, Jen is in full kind of like lingerie, leathery stuff. And Lisa's in her pajamas. And Jen's like, um, I know I'm making really comfortable right now with this, like with my boobs out and everything. And Lisa's like, no, you're not. I mean, your boobs are like might be because they're at eye level, but like, otherwise it's fine. It's totally fine. 
So they pass Heather in the hall, and Lisa's like, thank you for being my friend tonight. I appreciate the progress we've made and where we are. That's what I appreciate. It's where we are. And she's like, you don't have to thank me for being your friend. I mean, I want to be your friend. I'll show up as your friend. And I'm telling you, as a friend, I've never had a single person tell me about your extramarital affairs or your marriage. And she's like, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Jen's like, okay, so let's make it about me. I'm flying to New York tomorrow on a red eye. And he's like, that's why we don't have to talk about this anymore. And I was like, yeah, she's leaving to New York to prepare for the trial of her goddamn life. Let's be honest. Sorry, Jen. You're probably going to lose it. I mean, you'll be in jail. You'll be in the big house. You'll be with serial murders. You're never going to see your family again. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Sorry, Jen. I mean, soon she's never going to be able to go to a dinner party where she's not afraid of being shanked by a toothbrush that was filed down. You know what I mean? Jen, why are you crying? Jen. <laughs> so he's like, let me just sleep. Okay, I need to call John. So um, they kind of just all retire to their rooms for a moment, at least. So then it's Jen, Meredith, and Heather. So Jen's like, um, like, I have brought a professional in, and her name, next to the state. She gets that fucking bullhorn. I can't. Just throw her in prison already. (laughs) Bullhorn again? Get rid of her. Put her in jail. Crystal Pussy! (laughs) And so her assistant, or her hair person, or whatever, named, I mean, you know that they found this girl in Utah, because her name is Jacoby. Jake Lee spelled like Jake Lie. <laughs> Don't hire people who have lie in their name, okay? I know. But, we um, told Erica that years ago uh, with Laya, and look what happened to her. <laughs> I know. And now this is Jake, Jake Lee. Also, Crystal Pussy. Um, now, look, I'm not straight, so I don't know what straight men look for when they want to play with pussy. But I kind of feel like Crystal Pussy, I imagine something delicate that can break into lots of sharp shards. So, anyway. Or would hurt. <laughs> Like, try sticking your penis in that or your vagina on it. No one is like, you know what I need? Something crystal to rub against a, a vagina. <laughs> I know. Okay? You and might if you're well going to do it, why crystal? Like, that's cheap. You can get that in an incense store. Why are we talking about incense stores today? Get some well, diamond. Get a diamond to see if you're going to rub a leaner. You might as well call it, like, gravel cooter or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> hi, I'm Safety gravel cooter. Pin. Safety pin. <laughs> You know, pussy. <laughs> Safety pin pussy. Anyway, we have some issues with the branding going on with Jake Lee. Yeah, this is a fun episode, isn't it? We get to talk about abuse <laughs> issues <laughs> and um, things that hurt vaginas. Yeah, we're really weighing in. Doesn't everyone love it when podcasters weigh in on things that they don't really know about like yeah. that? Right. So then uh, they're trying to laugh and have fun, but you're basically watching someone's minimum wage employee, you know, pop her ass on the ground on all fours. So they're, they're like, woo, woo. And Heather's like, yeah, this feels wrong. I mean, does anyone else, <laughs> like, is there a human resources here? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's actually kind of funny because we did the trailer breakdown for the show and we definitely thought Jake Lee was Heather. And apparently a lot of other people did. I already saw memes going around being like that moment when you, when you realized that this wasn't Heather from the trailer. Because we all were like, wow, Heather, whoa. Heather wishes. I mean, this girl could really twerk. She's a twerk instructor, which is hilarious twerk. that there is even yeah. such a thing. But yeah, she can twerk. Those butt cheeks were like, yes. They were like golf clapping. It's like, girl, yeah. she can do that to like the beat of something. So, wow. um, Sound, sounds like someone's got a job on Captain Sandy's next boat, huh? <laughs> twerk hugs. So <laughs> then, um, Jen is in her little like tiny Orville Redenbacher hat in her interview room, and she's like, In the Shaw Squad, you gotta wear a lot of hats. My makeup artist is also Crystal Pussy, she's also a twerking instructor. And uh, then Meredith is like, huh, I don't think I was built to twerk. And that is definitely not my wheelhouse. I will not be making rent this month, and I'm okay with it. So I would say more of what happened in that scene, but it's all Jen yelling into a bullhorn, and I won't do that to any of you or myself. Okay? It's time for a commercial. It's time for a Crappens commercial. So then the next morning, Heather wakes up in a bed that she spilled milk nuts in, which is yeah. 
been there, girl. Then recently, <laughs> very, very recently. <laughs> yeah, a lot of milk duds. And then she's walking around and she finds there's like scraps of paper on her floor. So she picks them all up and then she actually arranges them. It was like some like treasure hunt. And, and they, they come together and they it's a piece of paper that says, uh, Heather, no words needed here, here, bad weather, no matter what, XOXO Whitney. And uh, so, yeah, Whitney came into her room and ripped up the card she had given her. So <laughs> Heather is outside with Meredith now and um, joking about how they're dressed, you know. Heather's like, well, I guess I've come to see the emperor now. I mean, what is that, a fur hat? <laughs> <laughs> Meredith wearing, like, a blazer and full living foxes <laughs> over her shoulders <laughs> yeah, to have breakfast. <laughs> Why is it raining in the desert? I don't understand it. It's outrageous. It's out, out sized, and it's I, I I'm not even coming up with milk a third. I'll just say milk gods. <laughs> so then um, Heather tells her about waking up to a physical representation of my relationship with Whitney, and Meredith's <laughs> like so dramatic. Yeah, Meredith's <laughs> just like I'm not really sure what that means, but it's got to be more pleasing to look at than your bathing suit. Oh, physical representation of the relationship with Whitney. Was that just like a a knocked over Slurpee? I don't really get it. Nine hours earlier, we see Whitney just get out of bed and like stare at the camera. All like her hair's all over the place and she's wasted. She's like, Oh yeah, Heather. And she gets up and she like drunkenly marches to Heather's room and rips up the note and stares straight in the camera and throws it on the floor. Yeah, I like that Whitney, when she has her strident moments, they're very much out of like a G-rated like Spy Kids movie. Because she goes, I know how I can get her back. And she like marches in and does it. <laughs> Feels very Disney Channel, you know. <laughs> this will make her mad. And Heather's like, yeah, and she left that for me to find. Like, I didn't even see it last night. Okay, I woke up in a pile of milk duds. That's how my night went. That's actually how we used to punish Brooksy when he said the F word. <laughs> we would surround him with milk dots and then see what he would do next. If he was afraid of the carbs, then we knew we had a beautiful child whose sexual orientation is not up for us to say. So Jen sees Whitney and she's like, how are you doing this morning, Whitney? And Whitney goes, how I fell? <laughs> Shakes her head. Jen goes, well, you think you can have a nice, have a talk with Heather today? And she goes, I'm just, I feel incredibly betrayed. So outside, Meredith is telling Heather, okay, she's going through a lot of emotional stuff. And Heather's like, yeah, but I love her. Like, I would never betray her. What's she talking about? I would never speak ill of her. And so then Whitney is telling Jen that she's going to see her brother today. And um, they're the only ones who understand what she's going through. And um, she's going to see her half-brother and half-sister, Curtis and Kelly. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Which is not a morning show, by the way. It sort of sounds like a morning show on like the local Arizona affiliate. Hey, it's your hey, it's good morning, Arizona, with Curtis and Kelly. But it's not. But it <laughs> is like a morning show because when we do see them, Kelly <laughs> looks like it's a morning show on the Seven Hundred Club. You know, yes. like the really religious channel. She's got yes. like big. Big hair, but kind of rocker in the back. And she's got these big old eyelashes glued on. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every, the whole time, she looks like she's about to cry and one eye's twitching. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clutch my heart. Clutch my heart. She I'm definitely looks like she's right about to now. throw to a. She definitely looks like she's about to throw to a cooking demo. Like, okay, well here's Curtis with Samantha Parks, who has a new cookbook out called Appetizers for Jesus. Okay, Curtis. We're just waiting for one hand to go up in the air, like sway back and forth, like mm-hmm. <laughs> Speak on it. Speak on Michael it. Michael W. Smith for life. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Whitney is saying how she's going to go see them. And Jen is like, you know, I mean, this is just like a reprieve for a couple of days. And it's like done now. And it's like, it's back to reality. Okay. And I have to get back and immerse in trial preparations. And I just wanted a few days to pretend this wasn't happening. It gives me anxiety because I know what the consequences are. And I know what this means. For me and my family. Okay, girls, come on. One last work. One last work, girls. 
<laughs> One last twerk. So uh, I'm. So what happened? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get the fan on, but I don't know. I still don't understand. No, it's okay. How, you can work it out. Switches work. All so, these switches. Um, Jen can't pack herself, you guys. She just doesn't have time. So they all have to go help her do that. And then um, Whitney goes to leave to see her half-brother and sister. And she's talking about how she's just trying to connect the dots, right? So she leaves. And so then then we get this Curtis and Kelly show. The Curtis and Kelly yes. show. Whitney's like, your house is amazing. I wish I was staying at this house. <laughs> and... Um... <laughs> And there's like lots of hugs. Uh, Curtis sort of looks like Johnny Bananas from the challenge, just a little bit. It's like Johnny Bananas and um, 700 Club hostess are having their own morning yeah, show. Yeah, he has like kind. He has kind of like motorcycle guy look. He's like a real yeah. tight shirt. He's real buff. And then Kelly's like the 700 Club host. You know, she's like, "Hi, welcome <laughs> over, sister. We are so excited to see you. Let's join hands." What language is that? It's tongues, honey. It's tongues. That's so funny. I was banging some tongs last night. No tongs, not tongs. God, we do have to pray a little extra hard for you, don't we? So then she tells us their story. Whitney's like, well, we share the same father, and we have different mothers. And I wasn't really close to them, because my dad divorced their mom, and then he married my mom. And then he just, like, focused on our family and totally ditched their family. So, like, I saw maybe, like, a handful a handful of times. I'm so grateful they're willing to show up now. Yeah. And Kelly goes, well, I remember when you were born. I got a call saying, you have a little sister, and her name is Whitney. And I was like, who is this? You know you know what I'm saying? Who's calling me right now? <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. I thought you were going to continue. I thought you were going like, to say something, so I stopped. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read a Whitney scene, and I'm like, really? So she's well, that's like, perfect. That's I a perfect vibe for Whitney scene. Yeah, huh? I never understand huh? what's coming huh? up. So she says, yeah, Justin and I talk about that a lot. I was like, what? She says, yeah, like you have an older sister that you haven't even met. And Curtis is like, you never met Justin? He's cool. He's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, you, you ever seen a, you ever seen that, that shot from Whitney's last season with uh, Justin covered in chocolate syrup? Pretty good. You should check that out, Kelly. So Whitney's <laughs> like, well, I'm on this massive healing journey. And I just have this huge gaping wound that I need to close. I feel like you both are the same link to that. And I hate that we didn't have a connection growing up. And Kelly goes, oh, we connected. We connected. We connected. Who taught you how to glue eyelashes onto your eyes heavy enough to carry a turtle across the sea? <laughs> that was me, Lord. That was me. Can we all join hands? <laughs> <laughs> So Curtis is like, well, I've always felt like we're a lot alike. I mean, when I went to Utah before I went on a mission, I spent some time with you there. You probably don't remember that, but I do. And she's and like, she goes, you did? And he's like, yeah, you don't remember, huh? She goes, no, I feel things like when you say stuff. So I knew you were around because I feel it. Yeah. And I, I, I talked to Will a lot about different memories I have. And through this process, I realized I was being manipulated and used and abused. And I just realized, even though our situations are different, the feelings are the same. And so this is where she says that their traumas are all different, but they have this feeling of being let down by this person that we all know and should have been able to trust. So this is where she's kind of throwing it to their dad, at least in, in the like eyes. So yeah. Curtis is like, well, I think for me... I'm real glad you came over here because I really needed to say this to somebody ever since I came up with it all by myself. But wait for it. It rhymes to make it easier, okay? It's going to be easy on your ears. Hurt people hurt people. She's like, whoa. He's like, yeah. So if someone's hurting me, I automatically think you must be hurt. She's like, wow. Hurt people skirt people. No, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Hurt like, people, hurt people. No, how does that even make sense? Sense? How does that even make sense? Is a sentence. Hurt people, squirt people. No, <laughs> hurt people, hurt people. Wow, that rhymes. 
And I got another one for you, Wit. There's two sides of the coin, and we get to choose which side of the coin to look at. Whoa. Whoa. I use Venmo. <laughs> not, well, not a literal coin. Wait, hold on. If I drop a coin on the ground, it says heads, but if I go to the basement and look up at it, does it become tails? Well, we'd have to have it's... a glass floor for that. Wow, you have a glass floor? <laughs> so the expression is, there's two sides of the coin, and if it lands on a glass floor, you can look on either side if there's a downstairs part. And then Kelly's over there like, this is never going to make sense to you. Never. So you just need to realize that you're free, you're successful, I mean, I'm assuming I don't really know you, but you're successful. It's not your wound. And you can't heal a wound that's not your wound. And she's like, wow. And basically, for, they give them these for, platitudes, right? Thank you for telling me the truth. Because I was worried that abuse would never make sense to me. Well, actually, I was talking about toaster ovens in your case. I know they won't ever make sense to you, but that too. So basically, they give her all this kind of self-helpy advice. And I know this scene is serious, right? And we're, like, laughing about it, so sorry, I guess. But it's also a scene that no nothing is really said, and she still she leaves there with as much information as she came there with. She still doesn't know anything. I'm so confused by this whole thing. I'm really confused. Yeah, I guess this is where I get a little uneasy, because it feels in a weird way like they're navigating something very deep and very heavy and very serious through kind of like simple like almost like meme therapy or whatever i just kind of want them to to talk to professionals you know and you don't know these people you know like what are you talking about and is he the one is he the one having therapy and telling her things or is it her brother will who's having thing therapy yeah i'm confused and i'm totally willing to have like i would love it if it's like, oh, it turns out, Ben, all these things that you were concerned about. No, she is going to therapy. She's doing all these things. I would, that'd be wonderful. But I'm just, from what we're seeing, I'm kind of like, I'm just confused about how this is all being handled. It feels like it's just, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't so know. So then we go to uh, breakfast with Lisa and Heather. And Lisa's like, so Jen's leaving soon. You know, I think that Jen, Jen had fun. Like, she had fun, right? And Heather's like, well, it wasn't fun. There was nothing fun about that. So Meredith is there now. And Lisa says that she's awkward, but I still don't know what Meredith's role was. But after talking to John and having some Doritos and Kit Kats, I realized this needs to be about John. Not John, but John. Not John, but John. John. John, okay? So I'm going to put all this petty BS, BS, uh, BS aside for a bit. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cool, ranch about it. <laughs> and then it, it's still raining and so heather is saying oh my god the heavens are crying because jen is leaving for 50 to 300 years we will never see sun again and actually jen won't see sun again either because she may not have a window in her cell which she will be living in for again 50 to 100 years and Jen's like, oh my god, you guys, I have <laughs> like a full-on anxiety attack, and like I have to fly to New York, and I'm going by myself, and we're going to do another mock trial, and this is like the first time I'm going to be hearing our side of it, because like we did a trial last week about the prosecution side, and I mean, I walked out twice, I like slammed the door, I was like, you don't know who you are, and then one of my assistants like took something out of the courtroom, got in trouble for that, and I was like, you didn't even mean to, you didn't even mean to. <laughs> yeah, when I like asked my lawyer i was like okay can you show me how to twerk and she's like i'm a lawyer and i was like yeah but you gotta wear a lot of hats so show me how to twerk and she wouldn't do it and i was like i'm leaving okay so i walked right out and i found someone who would twerk for me okay uh, she's like uh jamie leakey came in and she didn't even say not guilty she just i was like why are you wearing a thong to court <laughs> just using that poor girl to do every job in her life yeah and she's like you know my attorney told me she said don't get Botox. Like, because when I cry, my face doesn't move, apparently. Can you believe that? I can't get Botox. This was, this was, that's a big deal. That someone actually told a real housewife that they can no longer get Botox if they want to have freedom in their life. But that is, that's, we've never seen that happen before. I know. I hope we get a follow up in like five years. They're like, whoa, watch what happens is going to prison to check with Jen Shaw. And she's just like, just like a shrunken head <laughs> or she just gets off They're like well i didn't have to go to jail but 
had what it cost. I have Ricos. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they talk about how it's so hard for her boys and, you know, all of that stuff, which, you know, I feel bad for the boys, yeah, but not I at all for Jen. So, so, like, I don't care. Um, and then, the you know, that, that big car is getting a lot of use today. It comes back to take her. So I noticed that. <laughs> I actually noticed that they had like footage of the Escalade driving up and Wendy gets out and like two seconds later the Escalade comes back and they all get in. I was like, wow, it's a lot of Escalade pulling up footage today yeah. in a short amount of time. So um, Whitney comes back during this time to say bye to you and they all decide to help Jen pack. I, I guess this is this one they're packing. So yeah, they're packing it's now. Practice. Just, it's hair it's, everywhere, right? It's Which practice for a few practice. months from now. Yeah. Yeah, so. picking hair up off the picking Jen's hair up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jen, we know we won't be able to. You're only going to have one big pack left after this, so we want to get in all our packing experiences before then. So then she's like, "These four women believe in me, love me, and support me, and that's what's important to me." <laughs> so she leaves. Good riddance. And then um, Meredith and Lisa, everyone's crying, right? And then Meredith yeah. and Lisa just hug. And they just hug for a really long time. And Heather and Whitney are both watching them, but they walk up to watch it to where the camera's right between their shoulders, looking over yeah. at this long friendship hug. Well, with everything Jen Shaw, Jennifer Shaw has going on, it gives perspective on letting things go. And nothing is bigger than what she has going on with this group, except for the fact that Brooksy finally put the square in the square hole. Congratulations to my toddler. So now it's nighttime, and they're going to dinner. Everybody's gathering in the foyer, and um, Lisa comes in in this like fancy casual outfit, and she goes, uh, oh, Heather says, hold yourselves up to a higher standard of timeliness, ladies. And she goes, I have no standards. Let's go. <laughs> So they go to Dirk's Bentley's Whiskey Row, and uh, <laughs> um, uh, which is a suburb of Flavortown. So they, yeah, um, <laughs> this poor show. I mean, this show just can't fucking win, man. It's never I mean, going to get any kind of respect. Even the real, the real, shockingly, the Real Housewives of Dallas managed to go to like two michelin star restaurants when they went to denmark and this show's like you're at whiskey row of scottsdale arizona try our jack and jack jack daniels chicken poppers i won't just <laughs> <laughs> everything is whiskey fried so heather's like okay what should we toast to guys and meredith goes well i think that everybody should just pick one word that's meaningful to them. And so they just look at each other. So Lisa's like, you know what? I love that. Okay, I'll start. Love that. <laughs> love that. Just to keep it one word. Love that. I would have said Dark Coke, but that's truly two words. And so then Meredith goes... Stevia. Oh. <laughs> Meredith goes, peace. And Heather goes, friendship. And Whitney goes, Honesty, but like she says it in a damning way. Yeah, also, she does it with this face. Honesty, honesty. I don't like honesty. I like Diet Coke more. But then, um, I also want to mention that this is so sad. They're like the only ones at this at this whiskey row, and these like two twenty-one-year-old waitresses come by with like bottle service, and I don't know. Someone set off confetti behind them. It was like, yeah, whiskey row party time, and so they. There's just these four ladies in an empty restaurant with like confetti, confetti flittering down. They're like, not us to love and peace. I was like, this is so sad. And they bring them a giant bottle of 1942 for shots. And Whitney's like, uh, Heather and I have still not spoken. We're still not good. And just because Heather wants to sweep this under the rug doesn't mean we're good. What happened last night? It's not over. Oh, we're going there. And I know that I'm not lying. And I know that she hurt hurt me deeply. She fully said lying, by the way. Yeah. There was a full hard K on that line, because I noted that too. It's time for a commercial. It's time for a Crappens commercial. So then they order food. They ordered hummus. I don't know why it was so fun, funny to me that they ordered hummus at Whiskey Row. <laughs> like, Ronnie, did your, did, your, did your Lebanese heart, like, sort of 
switch a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> she gets the order. It's like, can we get some whiskey fried uh, chicken poppers, um, a beef fried beef steak, <laughs> and uh, hummus? It's like, come on. Uh, some of that Dirk's Bentley hum- hummus. <laughs> It's a guitar that's been ground up with tahini. So, um, uh, so then Whitney is like, look, photos of me on the set of Curtis and Kelly in the morning. Look, everyone. So she's showing photos and Meredith is like, wow, you guys are definitely related. I mean, wow. Oh, by the way, do you guys all know I lived in Scottsdale for a year? A little off-brand, I know, but it's time to trot out my Scottsdale story. Is everyone ready for it? And Whitney's like, you told me your sister had bronchitis. And she's like, yeah, and my father used to develop communities in the Sun Belt City, so we would spend time here to dry out her lungs in the heat. And there was a place called Pinnacle Paint, and I always made my dad wear a tie because they would cut off your tie because it was the Wild West, and he would always do it. Funny thing, he ended up losing his job because he came to a meeting without a tie. (laughs) Just out of him. I never really let go of the guilt of that. And they said, what happened to your time? He said, I lost it at Pinnacle Peak. And they said, isn't Pinnacle Peak the same thing? Why are you saying it twice? He said, no. Well, then afterwards, I went to Bottom Nadir. And they said, what's that? He said, well, that's where I lost the other part of my time. And long story short, that was the end of the Sunbelt community development process for my dad. Bye-bye, Scottsdale. So Heather's like, you know, and you remember that? And there were like a million times you went to dinner. You know, you have to hold those memories because you really never know what's going to hit. Like last night, was Whitney going to hit me? Okay, you know what? I'm going to go pee. We'll talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes off to the bathroom and Whitney's mad because Heather, I I personally felt like that was not a passive aggressive comment. I thought it was like a normal like, wow, you never know what's going to imprint, you know? Yeah. And so, but, but Whitney is like, I can't believe she would say that. Like her, her face is like, I just said that I couldn't remember my childhood. Right. Like I just shared that. So when he's like, well, I'm glad you're having happy memories. <sighs> Meredith and, and is like, all right, Whitney, you've been trying to hint for 20 minutes. I can't have one more Dirk Bentley's jalapeno <laughs> popper until I ask you, how do you feel about things? What happened? And she's like, well, Really, really hurt. <laughs> you guys need to talk, but I suggest you wait until after the Dirks Bentley Peking Duck arrives, because she'll really want to dig into that. When it shocked me, because I needed her in the moment, because I was doing something hard for me, speaking the truth, and for her not to back me up. In fact, Call me a liar? That trusted me. That crushed me. Because she's the one person I never thought would do to me. Because she knows. I'm like, oh my god, somebody (laughs) just finished the sentence. I can't with her. But also, like, Whitney saying I was doing something that was very hard for me. You were announcing to the world that Lisa Barlow gave blowjobs for jazz tickets. Don't act like... You are equating this to the the, the, the terrible things but that you're think, also going through. I think that that's what she is doing. Because before that, she had had her, like, you know, revelation about the abuse. And then she went into the gossip part. So I think she's saying Heather should have been supporting her because she did something that was really hard by bringing up the abuse thing. And instead Heather called her a liar for the Lisa Barlow stuff. And you can't put those two things together. Well, I, I kind of feel like Whitney is trying to say that right now in her life, she is finally speaking up about things because she's realized that she endured something terrible and never spoke up. And now she's speaking up. And this was an example of her speaking up in a way that makes her look bad. And instead of like supporting her, Heather pushed back. But the thing is this, though, is that Whitney has been speaking up about things for the past two seasons on yeah, this show. So, And that had nothing to do line. with her having an epiphany about abuse. So it's not questioning the abuse. It's questioning um, the motivations about speaking up about stuff because 
it, 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 it feels like it's disconnected from the, you know, the, the, the horrible stuff that she's digging up out of her past. So just, it just all feels like such a hilarious stretch. Like only this show would, would try to make a rumor about blowjobs and Utah jazz tickets into like an emotional, um, moment of growth. <laughs> so Heather returns to the table and she's like, what I miss. And, um, dun, dun, dun. so when we come back, Whitney's like, I was just talking about last night, like how, and then Heather starts, uh, punching her straw in her drink. Like, she's like, really, Whitney? <laughs> she's really, like, really, Whitney? My so Dirk Bentley like, Rice Joloff hasn't even arrived yet, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> My Hiracha con whiskey is not even sipped yet. So, she's like, uh, well, I was in a very difficult situation, and I needed you there for me, and then you weren't there for me, and in fact hurt me very deeply, and called me a liar, and told me I'm too drunk to remember it, when I know that you know what I was talking about, when I know you heard it, and you're my girl, and then when I needed you, you're not my girl? <laughs> As Heather goes, um, I'm unclear what was the tough moment that you needed me <laughs> on to corroborate a story that you heard. And by the way, let's not, uh, let's not overlook the underlying message of this moment, which is that Whitney is asking for sympathy and support while she, uh, like while she's actively kind of trying to destroy Lisa Barlow, right? Like that Lisa Barlow is oddly enough in a position where she has to console Whitney because the way that Whitney delivered the rumor about Lisa Barlow didn't go <laughs> the way it was so supposed funny. to. Oh, this right? shit cracks me up because Lisa totally goes with it, which cracks me up. <laughs> so then um, Heather's like, but I didn't know. And she's Heather, be honest and real. You <laughs> and I have had many conversations about Lisa. And she goes, absolutely. Not about blowjobs for courtside seats. Um, yeah, we have. No, I didn't. We never had a conversation about Lisa Barlow go- guzzling sperm for a couple of for a couple of folding chairs on the ground. Uh huh. We have never talked about the bukakis that Lisa Barlow supposedly had with an entire team of people just to get good seats. <laughs> and Heather goes, "Guess what." If someone says something horrible to me and I choose to recuse that and not remember it and not put it into my bank and not pull it out to hurt someone, that's my fucking choice. Just as it was my choice to order some whiskey fried crab rangoon from Dirk Bentley's buffet extravaganza okay that's my choice but i needed you and she's like you did not need me it's a lie you did not need me she's but i did she goes why to say yeah i heard that lisa you know like ate a cum popsicle to sit courtside what are you talking and lisa's like please stop saying that because it's really really bad okay i'm so sorry i won't talk about you you know your jizz for jazz you know, hashtag or whatever. It's <laughs> for chats. So, uh, then, <laughs> so then, and then it cuts to Meredith doing that thing where she sort of like gasps and looks down. She goes, <sighs> so, uh, Heather goes, okay, you didn't need me. That is a false idea in your head. It was supposed to be a trip for Jen. Why are you coming in screaming and crying about Lisa's rumors when the real drama is our good friend is facing 50 years in an all-women's prison where she'll be forced to have pillow fights and get naked and get a, take out switchblades and fight other naked women. That's what happens in women's prisons, I believe. I mean, you want to talk about someone having to trade sex for decent accommodations? Talk to Jen! That's what this weekend's about! <laughs> and Whitney's like, now you're using Jen as an escaping goat to when what's going on here there's things going on and she's like jen it's not a scapegoat you arranged a trip and you wanted to work through all your personal issues and your friendship with lisa you made it all about you you know you said it was about jen and then it's about you and she's like no i didn't and she goes oh the first night was about you and we're crying about your childhood abuse that was about you that wasn't about jen it's like heather i didn't expect that turn yeah, it's just that was the first dinner. That was all about you, not about Jen. And then Winnie tells us, This is a huge b- blow that she isn't supporting me 
as her friend and supporting me as I'm going through something hard. Like, it, it hurts. Uh, and Lisa's like, please stop saying huge and blow and hard, okay? <laughs> None of this is true. And Whitney's like, get out of my interview. It hurts. So Heather's like, yeah, it was a fun night, and we're going to die on the cross about what I've heard about Lisa. And Meredith says, well, I think, Whitney, you need to explain, because what resonated to me, and Whitney goes, this isn't about rumors. Just you <laughs> feel you were in a situation, whether someone put you in a situation or not, those are your feelings, and you need to explain that to Heather. And then it goes, boom. Like, that made any fucking sense. Yeah, I know. Heather, what you need to realize is where my pain is coming from is because the one person that was saved to me, you, that is where my pain is. Abuse, being taken care of, not having a voice, poor timing, poor delivery, because I have something to say, but no one fucking listens to uh, me, and I needed you in that moment to that... And then Heather says, well, you hurt me too. You came into my room and you ripped shit up, sh you ripped shit up, knocked shit over. How was that a truth seeker? I did not knock stuff over. Um, I just ripped up your card because you hurt me. Well, also, I threw a box of milk dits on your head. It's like, well, thank you for that. Because that was actually sweet. But, you know, <laughs> the rest of it hurts. And, like, how are you supposed to be a, a true seeker? You hurt me and we're even. And Whitney's like, well, I'm cleansing a lot of family out of my life right now anyway. Just the way Lisa Barlow is cleansing a lot of jizz out of her hair. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't you own up to stirring a lot of drama on a trip that was supposed to be about supporting our friend facing Real problems and real issues. Truth seekers, that's not a real thing. And not rumors that she says is not, not rumors that she says are not true about her. And Lisa's like, I think at this point, Heather is completely aware of how insensitive she's being to Whitney. And Whitney's going through a lot. Whitney is accusing you. Of yeah. Lisa's defending Whitney. <laughs> and Whitney is the one who's like, here are the rumors. You gave blowjobs first to a guy for courtside seats, then to a guy to get free hot dogs, then to a hot dog to get a bun. It's crazy what you'll do in that arena. <laughs> so Lisa's like, you know what, Heather? That sensitivity chop, put that back on. And so Whitney goes, you pushed me into a wall and called me a liar. And Heather's like, you are up a river with no paddle. Stop. Actually, that's rude because... I went up. A, I was on a river once as a child. So you're bringing up that. That's rude. I'm healing from rivers. You're not going to put this on me. Every time I talk about feelings, you say, don't talk about feelings. And she goes, you only talk about feelings. You're in charge of the dialogues we get to have. I mean, what if we just want to have a fucking dinner? My horacha is melted. Can someone bring me another horchata? <laughs> Could I have another whiskey baked schnitzel thank you so whitney's like okay we can do that so then whitney says this conversation isn't going anywhere and what i'm processing personally is more important than worrying about heather and i it's too much for me to talk about right now even though it's all i've been talking about right now um and I always love on this show, especially when they're like, guys, because Meredith is like, guys, we're leaving now. Can we have a moment without drama? Have you ever had five full minutes? Do you guys even have anything to talk about if you're not fighting on this show? Seriously. I don't think so. It's very rare that we see it. So they agree. And then the waitress, who obviously doesn't watch the show, just brings them a whole bottle of 1942. And they're like, this is definitely not Utah. <laughs> and then they're like okay we'll have fun now so then um now they go back to the house and they slice into some cheesecake all the golden girls and meredith is like hey everyone i've got gift bags check it out hats that say i love half of new york <laughs> and then lisa's like oh my god i love this i love this Pajamas. Wonderful. Love it. 
So, um, Lisa is ta- they're all talking about how Jen was so much fun, even though she's probably going to prison. And so then they start talking about the case. And Heather's like, well, what's a good outcome? Like, is, what, would that be like acquittal on the first day? Like, what mm-hmm. even is a good outcome for this? And um, Meredith is like, mm, well, not the first day. That's very ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I misspoke. These hats did not say I love half New York. These act, hats actually had like an F, F. and then a bumblebee yeah. and then an I. And then it was basically like classic concentration. And Whitney was trying to figure it out. And she's like, F in B I, huh? F in B I. It's a B in your eye. Oh, it's a B in your eye. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. It's Whitney. So um, Heather's like, well, based on what we're seeing in the news about all the co-defendants pleading, like, it makes me terrified. And Lisa's like, is she terrified, too? And she says, well, yeah, sometimes, but she compartmentalizes, you know? And so Lisa's like, is it a bad thing when you're the last person to testify? And Meredith's like, well, yeah, in a trial, because you can always make a plea deal, but the problem is when you're talking to the government and asking for a deal, they want to know what you're giving them in return, and usually it's information about bigger fish. No one's interested in porking classes and cute little hats that Whitney can't understand. So, they, they want to go fishing? How big of a, do they like a grouper? Is that a big size fish for them? And Heather goes, Is Jen the big fish? And she goes, I don't know. I have no idea. So they start talking about Stuart, and is Stuart going to testify? And um, they say that he actually pled to an extra charge because he already had 70. And <laughs> Meredith is saying this, of course. And Lisa's like, Wait, how do you know all this? And she's like, um, because I read the, I read it. It's on the news. And they're like, oh my god, jeez, that's hard. It's like Beverly Hills, and nobody could read the pa- the article in the paper. Seriously, and Heather's like, well, if if he's pled guilty, knowing he could serve thirty years, I mean, what changes? And Meredith is like, wow, just taking a guilty plea. They're they're not gonna give you. They're gonna give you less time because of the ownership of one. You did, unlike Lisa Barlow, not taking ownership of the rant of disgusting words she said in the closet. If she took a plea deal, well, that plea would probably sound like slurping at a jazz game. But, wait a minute. Stuart taking the plea, that could be good for Jen, because that (laughs) means that he's going to be admitting guilt. And everyone just looks at her, and Meredith is like, um, odds are he's definitely not on her side. But he went to court, and she's going to court, so that means they're both going to be in court, and that's where you play tennis. Wait, is Lisa Barlow going to be at the trial? No. Because she got tickets courtside. (laughs) But... And Heather's like, yeah, he's going to testify against her. And could you imagine if she's sitting there and he has to take the witness stand? I mean, could you imagine him pleading to things that she's not guilty of? And Meredith is like, well, I can't imagine that she's taking this whole thing to trial and doesn't have a good defense. Surely she's got a good, I mean, what idiot would go this far with no defense of anything? And the conviction rate in the Southern District of New York is extremely high. It is 98%, which is alarming and concerning. Her statistics, just like her fashion, is not good. And Meredith has just, like, mind-fucked everybody because she has so much information and nobody understands the things she just said, basically. No. So she's, she's innocent? Wow. And so Lisa's like, oh, well, I'm going to bed, but I think John had fun. Bye. <laughs> she's, she's probably going to lose this case in the Southern District of New York, but I think she had fun tonight. That was fun. Yeah. And Heather's like, yeah, I think it meant a lot to her. The important thing is we're good people. And that's the ending <laughs> of the episode. It's so bizarre. I cannot believe that this is the feud. It's crazy. But that's like so Salt Lake City, you know? Really? Jeez, way to mix dark and light, guys. 
Yikes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Sorry this was in two parts video, people. But you know what? Computers crap on computers crap. We will yeah. talk to you tomorrow with a little Vinta House and... Yeah, bye, everyone. Bye. Watch What Crappens would like to thank its premium sponsors. Ain't no thing like Allison King. Ashley Saboni, she don't take no baloney. Dana C. Dana do. She's not just a Sheila, she's a Daniela. Itchels. Aaron McNicholas, she don't miss no trickleus. Ava Nagila Weber. Jamie, she has no less namey. Sip some scotch with Jessica Trotch. Just saying, okay. She's always supplying, it's Kelly Ryan. Kristen the Piston Anderson. You're never alone with Lacey Monteleone. Let's give a kisserino to Lisa Lino. Megan Berg, you can't have a burger without the Berg. Sarah Greenwood, she only uses her power for good. The Bay Area Betches. Betches. And our super premium sponsors. Always the wiser is Allison Weasler. Somebody get us 10 cc's of Betsy MD. We're taking the gold with Brenda Silva. Don't get salty with Christine Pepper. Better do what she says. It's Elva Enriquez. Can't have a meal without the Emily sides. Nobody holds a candle to Jamie Kendall. We will, we will. Joanna Rockland, you. My favorite Murdo. Karen McMurdo. Let's go on a bender with Lauren Fender. She's a good hobby. It's Lauren Hobgood. We want to hang with Liz Lang. The incredible edible Matthew sisters. Nancy Cease and DeSisto. Give him hell, Miss Noel. She's the queen bee. It's Sarah Lemke. Shannon out of a cannon, Anthony. Let's take off with Tamla Plain. She ain't no shrinking Violet Kuchar. We love you guys.